So, John, we're coming into the Christmas season. How generous are you feeling in your gift giving? About as generous as I usually am. <laughs> I was wondering if I could get some leave for January. It's my birth month. How much leave? The whole month. You'd be leaving definitely if you'd like. <laughs> G'day, this is the Recommended Retail Podcast, the RRP that talks all things retail. I'll be your host, John Barkle, from Dropship Zone, Australia's leading B2B marketplace. In this episode, we're joined by Colin Phillips, account executive at Zendesk. With over 15 years of experience in the customer service industry, Colin gives us his top tips on delivering good customer service during the peak season. Now, speaking of peak season, to celebrate, the RRP is running a Christmas giveaway. We're giving three lucky winners the chance to win a Christmas hamper from our Dropship Zone supplier, Purely Gourmet. A big shout out to the team there. Valued at over $90 each. For more details, head over to our Instagram handle, DropshipZoneAU, and check out our pinned competition post. Terms and conditions apply. Colin, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Good, John. Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, no, this is great. We're going to be talking about all things customer service during peak trading. How are things at the moment over at Zendesk? Pretty busy. We've got a lot of retailers gearing up at the moment for peak season, looking at what they can do to serve their customers as quickly and efficiently as possible. I feel like the wave hasn't quite hit customer service yet. That usually happens after Black Friday, right? More or less, yeah. So tell us about yourself and Zendesk and, you know, how did you get here today, really? Sure. So I've been at Zendesk for about a year now, so still relatively new. I've been in the tech space for about 15 years. I've worked in digital marketing, e-commerce and loyalty prior to coming across to Zendesk. My, I spend most of my time uh, working with companies to uncover what's happening with their customer experience at the moment and identifying ways to improve that. That's great. And, and tell us more about Zendesk. What, what does Zendesk actually do? So Zendesk is uh, software and we really sit as a, an interface between your customers and your organisation and all of your systems. We kind of really focus on a couple of key pillars and the first one is that we want to make it easy for customers. We know that they want to reach out to you on various channels, be it WhatsApp, Facebook, email, etc. And in order to make it easy for the customer, we need to make it easy for the customer service agent. And we do that by making sure that the agent's got all of the information in in the one screen in front of them at any point in time and that they can resolve that query in the one go. Thirdly, what we want to look at is the intelligence that the system houses through analytics and reporting so that leadership and management can make decisions about what may need tweaking. Is there a possibility of using some of this data to create automations and inform chatbots? The data is so important, isn't it? Very. The decision-making units, they need that day-to-day to be able to make operational decisions yeah. around staffing, flexing up, flexing down. What, what are some good examples of brands that are doing good customer service at the moment, in your opinion? Yeah, there's quite a lot. I think one of my favourites would be the Iconic, quite a well-known online fashion retail brand. Have you ever had a parcel from the Iconic where the shirt doesn't fit or, you know, the shoes are just not, not quite right? Needing to send it back is super, super easy. They send you a parcel that you can use 
to package the goods up and send it back to them. It's as simple as going onto the chat window. They already know who you are. They uh, give you a drop-down list of which items you've purchased. You can select which one you're returning, print off the label and take it down to the post box. So they've really, really streamlined that process to make it super easy. Another great example would be Uber, uh, another Zendesk customer. Uh, If you've ever left anything in an Uber, uh, it's as simple as a couple of buttons on the app and you've got your items back delivered to you pretty quickly. I think that there are some other examples potentially or or not necessarily in the retail space, but if you think of any organisation that resolves your inquiry really quickly, there's some sort of uncanny way that they're able to anticipate what your inquiry is going to be. And then they, you can get off the phone or off the chat with them and it's problem solved. And I think some good examples of that would be Telstra, Medibank, even though the data issue recently might not be so popular, but they're just really good examples of organisations who've had the luxury of studying their customers over a really long time and mapping their customer service process to meet customers' needs. And I think that we're seeing a lot more of that start to creep into retail. I think it's important to give a shout out to the customer service team at Medibank, regardless of what happened. (laughs) They're going to be, they're flat out at the moment and they're working around the clock very hard. But how can businesses make customer service a sustainable point of difference? How can they make that part of their their, their strategic strategy and outlook? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so differentiating your business with customer service is uh, uh, it's a notion that we talk about quite a lot, and I think that it's really it's best to look at it in terms of the pillars that we focus on. So first of all, am I making it easy for my customer? Am I anticipating what they're contacting me about? Am I leaving them on hold or am I getting to them quite quickly? The other part is the customer service agents that need to resolve a customer inquiry, do they have the information at their fingertips to be able to resolve that inquiry quickly? And thirdly, is is the business looking at what's going on and identifying where there are bottlenecks. If you're in an organisation, and I know we're going to talk about peak season in a moment, but if you've got a lot of repeat inquiries coming in, such as, you know, how do I get a return or where's my parcel, and you've got humans handling that, well, you could potentially use some automation to handle it. And with automation, if it's done well, customers love it. We've got quite a lot of research that we've done. There's a forester recently did a report with Zendesk and we found that 93% of customers will actually spend more and go back to an organisation who handles their inquiry the first time, even though it's with automation or, or with a bot. So don't be afraid of automation. Just put some thought into it and do it really well. So this is far more sophisticated than press one if you want to speak to customer service, press yeah. two if you want to speak to returns. Yeah. Far more sophisticated. It's along the same lines, but it just it's a little bit more developed than that. Uh, and doing it in a, a like a web interface or on an app, you've got a lot more options for the path that customers follow. Yeah. How do you feel about customers who just say, I just want to speak to a human being? What does a business do to cater to that? Because there are plenty of customers out there that don't like speaking to a computer or a recorded message or a chat bot. So what can they, how does a business warm a customer up to the idea that they're going to have some automation? So I think it really comes down to, you know, putting my automation hat on, it really comes down to what options you're giving that customer at that first stage of the process, if they're not getting their question answered early and then they don't have the option to speak with a human being, that's a bad experience and customers are going to be annoyed with it. So looking at what the data is telling you about what your high volume inquiries are and then setting up some automations to be able to address that. Uh, I think if I was a 
designing a customer service program for an organization, I wouldn't be uh, keeping humans out of it altogether. They're, they're a key part of it. Humans are always going to want to talk to another person. But if a robot or a, ro- or a bot can resolve my query really quickly, then I'm happy with that. So, yeah, very good. Let's talk about Zendesk recently shared an article on the rise of business managing and how it's revolutionizing how businesses deliver customer service. Can you touch on some of the multiple channels that customer use to contact customer service, including chatbots and social media platforms? Yep, absolutely. So uh, in times gone past, customer service was a phone or an email. And what we've seen over the last two decades is a, a dramatic increase in the number of channels that customers are asking to reach out to businesses on. So we've got the likes of Facebook, Instagram, WeChat and Line are really big in Asia. We've seen a massive, massive growth in WhatsApp all over the Western world. WhatsApp have actually got a business platform now as well. Email is still a really large channel and uh, direct chat on a website is a pretty much table stakes for any organisation. I think social media platforms are really interesting because they were previously seen as a place to post and promote your business. But of course, with messaging, customers started to reach out on those channels. So we now often see uh, companies split the management of social channels between marketing for the promotional side and then customer service or sales for any of the inquiries that come through. Chatbots are increasingly important in that space because we're now talking about quite a high volume of inquiries. Customers are very happy to reach out on any channel at any time. So having a bot that can immediately acknowledge and respond to a customer and potentially resolve it if it's a basic inquiry is a very, very useful tool. The article that I posted recently that you're referring to also talks about asynchronous communication and conversational customer service. That really talks to the way that humans have naturally embraced things like iMessage and WhatsApp, where we have conversations that we participate in, but then we might put it down and go about the rest of our day and come back to it later and there's an update in the WhatsApp group. Customers are more and more requesting that from organisations as well, and they've they've lapped it up when organisations do it. So I think everyone's had an experience where they've chatted with a company and then left the chat and come back to it and found that it's problem solved or there's been a, a step of another step of progress in that inquiry. So asynchronous communication is it's here to stay. For sure, for sure. Let me take you back on your point where you said what you found is that social media is now being managed by multiple departments, mm-hmm. so customer service and marketing. It's certainly been my experience where we've had marketers managing the customer service comms on 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 direct message on social media platforms. What is the best approach to that? Should businesses be segmenting that or should marketers be upskilled to be able to handle those inquiries? We see it a lot and I, in my opinion, we segmenting is key. Um, you don't necessarily want a highly skilled and qualified marketing person handling customer service inquiries and likewise you don't necessarily want customer service but taking responsibility for the promotional activity on your social channels. So they are two quite different skill sets. I think the best way to approach it is to have a platform where you can manage your social channels in a separate way. Cool. Thank you for that. That's great. And uh, what about AI? How is customer service being transformed by AI and machine learning? What can we expect from AI customer service in the future, going back to this, but sort of what we've been talking about with bots. Yeah, so I think AI is a really interesting one. Uh, we're very much at a at a point now where organisations are starting to embrace it, even though they they might have a preconception that 
customers don't want to talk to a robot. I think what we're going to see is that it'll just get better and better. We've got AI built into our platform at Zendesk, which is feeds off the knowledge center that is part of the platform. But there are also other partners that we use and promote to our customers, such as Ada, who have highly intelligent AI that can really, it's like having a chat with a human. I think where AI works really well, and we see this more and more, is that you don't even realise that you're talking to a bot. That's so true. Sometimes you don't. I think uh, Combank, their app, has a really, really responsive sort of AI that that will eventually direct you to a human if you can't resolve it, but it does feel like you are talking to a human in that sense. But no one's busier than customer service during peak season. So a big shout out to all the customer service teams that are about to do it even tougher than what they're doing it now. But I guess how can businesses, in your experience, ensure that their staff don't burn out during this silly season? Uh, did someone say automation? <laughs> yeah. So, look, during a peak time, there are going to be a high volume of repeat inquiries such as where is my parcel, how can I get a refund or I have a complaint. Staff do, you know, the, the burnout factor and stress factor does tend to get elevated when there's a, a high volume of, of repeat inquiries. So being able to handle it through bots and automation, is that's, that's absolutely Zendesk's rec- recommendation. If you can get your customer service agents focused on the slightly more complex inquiries that that are a bit more juicy and interesting to solve, that's going to make them feel a little little bit better and it's going to improve all of your stats around average handling time and customer satisfaction as well. What are the telltale signs that your staff might be burning out to? Is there something in the data that might bring that up or is it more anecdotal? It will definitely show up in the data. So average response times will start to blow out. Uh, You'll also see an increase in repeat inquiries. So any good systems, and as being one, uh, will enable you to track the types of inquiries that are coming in. If you're seeing a blowout of those and you know that they're being handled by a human and if they're repeat and routine, then that's a straight-up opportunity to use automation. Yeah, right, yeah. And, uh, and how early should businesses be preparing and, and planning their customer service operation for peak season? I think it really differs for each and every business. I work in the retail space in Victoria and most of my clients will be uh, starting to prepare for the busy season around the middle of the year. But that said, every single one of them also has their historical information of how to do it next year that they're starting on, you know, from much earlier. So it depends on the business and what what you're selling, what you're promoting. But I would say you want several months, August, July. That feels familiar with them for marketers do exactly the same thing. Yeah. So it sounds like all operations of the business need to start planning from August yeah. onwards for, for peak season. Can you give us an example of good customer service techniques that you've seen brands implement during peak season? What are some shortcuts or some some tips? Uh, so this, I think, really talks to self-service. When customers are going on to your website, buying a product, or if they have a question about that product, to be able to simply go to the support tab of the website and find information on delivery times or sort of product specs, that sort of thing, and answer the question themselves without actually needing to involve a human. That's a good experience for the customer because they're getting their answer straight away while they're in research mode. And it's a good experience for your people because, again, they've literally posted the answer to this question that's going to be asked on repeat during peak season. So good help centres. Yeah. 
what are some great ways that a website or a, or a business can direct people to use that? Because it is a learned behaviour to know that you need to go to the help centre to find an article or there's an answer for yeah. that. So we're talking about the end consumer here who might not be as nuanced as what we are when we work in the space. So what are some great ways to implement or help or handhold customers to get to those help centres rather than just simply jumping on the phone? Yeah, that's a good one. What we see more and more of, and it's pretty much becoming standard practice now, is to have a chat widget that pops up asking if someone needs any assistance. That is, you know, often the answer is no and you just click the button and minimise it. But if you do have a question, you can ask it straight into the chat window and that should then automatically bring up a a help article, one click through and then you're in the help centre. So that is what we see to be best practice, absolutely. The Iconic is another really good example of this and, in fact, what they do with the help centre is that they serve all the articles up inside the chat window because they don't want to take the customer away from the buying experience. If they're just about to add a pair of jeans to the shopping cart, for example, they don't want to completely remove them from that window, so they serve it all up in the chat window. That's great. And I suppose from that perspective, do their feedback loops that they're able to to find out what the experience is like for customers? So oftentimes there might be this dark statistic that no one ever sees. You never feedback, you never get feedback on these chatbots because the inquiry has been solved or people minimising them because they don't actually need the help. So what are ways that businesses can get feedback that not necessarily customers will provide during that window? So the chat window should always have a, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down feedback option at the end of a chat. In terms of, do you, do you mean feedback after the chat has... Yeah, finished? or ones that just hit minimise before, they don't even need help. I guess the question is, do they find it an annoying experience to be harassed by a chatbot? We don't hear that feedback a lot, but I, I think it sort of depends how it's done. I've certainly hopped on for, a, you know, just a casual retail browsing experience and, and had a, a chatbot pop up when I haven't wanted it on yeah. more than one occasion. My personal view on that is do it, but don't do it with a sound if there's a, if there's a sound that pops oh, up yeah, into that's it. True. But, I'm, you know, I, I haven't surveyed anyone, so that's just my personal feedback. Yeah, yeah I think in general it's, it's relatively welcome. In terms of feedback, you can do NPS surveys as well. So, but that's, that's obviously if there's been an actual completed experience or a logged experience where we know who you are. We do love the net promoter score surveys here at uh, Dropship Zone, but let's talk about that for a second because then there's CSAT as well and there's various different, what's in your experience, what is the, I guess, the the best way to, to measure customer experience? I would say asking in the moment but not give someone a full survey because they're either not going to complete it. If they're angry, they're going to tell you, and that isn't necessarily a reflection of results. Yeah, yeah. so so a simple question in the moment, you know, the the go-to that we have is the simple thumbs up, thumbs down. That's a good gauge of where things are going at a high level. And if you need to dig into things a little bit deeper, then you can use the analytics of the platform to let the data tell you rather than asking questions of customers. Let's talk small business, really small business, micro business at the moment. Many of our retailers on Dropship Zone fit that category. They'll wear multiple hats. They're also the accountant, the marketer, the the warehouse (laughs) operations, logistics, all in one, as well as being the the leader of the business. So what would be your advice to those sort of businesses that don't necessarily have a dedicated customer service team? How can they succeed and, and maintain excellent customer service during peak season? Look, having great technology back up what you're trying to achieve is it's the it's the go-to of the 21st century. Zendesk is a platform. We've got many, many small 
tiny micro companies who run their customer service on Zendesk with a team of five who might be the uh, multi-hat wearing all-rounders. So having a platform where you can let that live on its own, uh, I think is the key to it with with good customer service. Very true. Does Zendesk cater towards those sort of businesses as well? Yeah, absolutely. You can go online and buy it with your credit card for five or three agents. Yep. So yeah, you've got packages that's catered towards that course with businesses not having huge budgets in these areas. Yep, absolutely. That's great. What's some advice that you could offer new businesses? So maybe one that hasn't faced a peak season yet, who may be experiencing their first peak season. I think that it's really around being prepared to learn as much as you possibly can. You know that there's going to be some some pressure, at the, you know, coming into Christmas. You know, if, you, if what we're talking about here is a retailer, you know, wanting to kind of maximise sales and everything through their first peak season, there's definitely going to be some pressure. But the most important thing that you can do is learn as you go and keep those learnings so that you can plan for it next year. Cool. Thank you, Colin. All right, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, Just before, when you were talking about needing leave for your birthday, was it just to make sure that all our listeners knew that your birthday is in January? Yeah, yeah. Way to to just drop that in. Yeah, so... You're shameless. Absolutely shameless. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to our listeners for joining us on the November episode of the Recommended Retail Podcast, brought to you by Dropship Zone, Australia's leading B2B marketplace, and Chloe, whose birthday is in January. As always, if you're interested in learning more, don't forget to follow us over at dropshipzone.com.au or visit us on Instagram at the handle dropshipzoneau. See you next month. Happy selling and Merry Christmas.